When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right. Hope you had a great weekend ahead of you. If you're a football fan, definitely a beautiful schedule. Triple headers tomorrow and Sunday, the expanded playoffs as they went from six teams in each conference to seven in each conference means we get an extra game in each conference on wildcard weekend. So uh, if you have the time and are so inclined, you can spend a lot of time watching football this weekend. As I mentioned, the Oilers will skate tomorrow, two sessions. They'll be on the ice from 10 to 11 and then noon to one. Sunday will be an off day. Then back on the ice Monday and Tuesday, getting ready for the home opener, the season opener against the Vancouver Canucks on Wednesday night. 6.30, Ched extending its broadcast agreement with the Edmonton Oilers for three seasons. So that'll take us through the uh, end of the season that will wrap up in the spring of 2023. And our broadcast on Wednesday starts at 6 o'clock with the face-off show. The game will be at 8, and then they're right back at it the next night against the Canucks. We'll have all the games for you right here. Hey! Guess who's coming back to town? Motion starts. Riley turns. He'll hand the ball off to Darrell Walker. He tries to turn the corner. Touchdown! Welcome back, Darrell Walker. He takes the first pie out of the oven. Riley pulls it away from Gable. He rolls to the right side, looking down the field. He's got a man open, and it is complete. And all the way to the end zone is Darrell Walker. Riley takes the snap, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker. An absolute bomb. 101 yards. One play. Uh, he is coming back to wear green and gold. And we welcome back to Inside Sports, one of the top receivers in the in Canadian Football League over the last decade. It is Darrell Walker. Darrell, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on today. Well, what was it like here? That what, what was it like hearing those highlights? Oh man, that was pretty cool. I actually I really enjoyed it, honestly, man. Uh it was it was nice to hear that man. Um ready to get it back to making some more uh memories in uh green and gold. Where where are you spending your time right now? Um I'm currently in Houston right now, just working out and getting back to training and getting ready for this year. How did you keep busy during last season? Well, the season that didn't happen. I mean, obviously we had the pandemic for a while. We were hoping there were going to be a season and then it got called off. How did you stay busy? How did you stay in shape? Uh, for the most part, man, I, I worked out majority of the year, except for when it got closer to December. Um, then I started relaxing a bit. But um, I just stay. I kept my mind busy. I was learning a lot here and there. Um, reading some, reading here and there a little bit um, on occasion as soon as, as much as I could. Um, but the most part, I was just learning. I learned a lot this year, well, last year, and worked out, um, got to hang out with the family. So that kept me uh, on my toes, been around them. Um, and, man, honestly, man, just a, a few things here and there. Um, but for the most part, just working out, being around family and 
just enjoying the free time, honestly. I mean, was it was it weirder for your body or weirder for you mentally to not get into the groove of football? Because you've you've had the habit of playing football most of your life when it gets into the right. the, the summer and and the fall. Having said that, you didn't get right. uh, tackled ten times a game every every week. So what was what was more of a hey, shock? The, the good thing about it, I can say, is that my body stayed healthy for a whole full year. So. Um, this is gonna look at the, I'm trying to look at the positive side of things, and uh, but for the most part, man, it was more of a mental thing. I feel like I had to battle with um, going so many years of playing football every year and stepping it on, just going to do what I love and what I've always wanted to do is a, truly a blessing. So um, last year showed me that, and I'm thankful that I guess everything happened the way it did, you know. Tell me about the decision to come back to the double E. You, you did spend a year with, with Toronto and, and as a free agent, uh, I mean, I'm sure you, you looked around or teams in, inquired about you. Why come back to Edmonton? Uh, I feel like that was the best place for me uh, to be this year and going forward, honestly. Um, I'm, I'm more accustomed to being there. I'm, I'm used to the city. I'm used to the layout of everything. I'm used to how the city flows. Uh, Got a lot of fans there that love me, uh, so it's always nice to get back to an environment that I'm just kind of familiar with. Um, but then also, it's a lot of lot of new pieces there, and a lot of old old pieces that I'm familiar with. Also, that I feel like um, everything comes together is going to be an exciting season. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Kevin says, uh, welcome back. These are people texting in, Darrell. Welcome back, Darrell Walker. Tell him I was happier than a pig in you-know-what when I heard he was coming back. (laughs) Colton says you're one of his favorite football players. Vic says uh, I'm excited he's back. Thank you. Yeah, well, 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 people love you, so so that's good. And, and you obviously, uh, yeah, I mean, you made Edmonton your your home while you were here, so you must feel a little bit like uh, like you're coming home. Right, most definitely. It's, it's, it's been pretty much a second home to me, uh, especially within my uh, football career, so I'm thankful uh, that I get an opportunity to return back in the uniform that I made a lot of noise in um, and, and return back to a city where a lot of people love me. Tell me a little bit. Now, obviously, when you were here before, you you had the connection with uh, with Mike Riley, and you guys had some huge statistical seasons. You guys won a champion a championship together. Mike moved on to BC. Trevor Harris is the quarterback now. Tell me what you know about Trevor and why you think uh, you guys can form a good correction uh, connection. I know he's one hell of a quarterback, and I know he's going to place the ball where it needs to be placed and dissect defenses. And uh, I feel like us two combining together is going to become one lethal weapon. <laughs> I think so. But um, yeah, man, I, I believe Trevor is he's one great quarterback and obviously we saw him uh in the 2019 season play one hell of a season but due to injury uh it kind of set him back some but he was on pace for a great season so um just looking forward to seeing us all put that together and seeing what what we accumulate over the season um just thankful to be back honestly man i'm looking forward to it um got trevor as you say he's one great quarterback and i'm looking forward to catching a, a lot of football from him well, I, I can tell you're. I, I can tell you're excited. I mean, you're 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 always relatively. Um, 
you know, you're, you're pretty well-spoken and generally pretty measured during these, these interviews we've done over the past, but I, I can tell how excited you are tonight. So that, so that's pretty cool. Um, t- tell me besides, you know, working out and staying in shape and all that kind of stuff, did, did you watch a lot of football? Did you watch NCAA? Did you watch NFL? What were your uh, habits there? I didn't watch a lot of football, but I, I, I kept up with it somewhat. I mostly watched my college, my college, uh, team, um, we did well in the bowl game. Had a pretty good season. We were nine and one, I believe. Um, and then I would watch like some of my teammates I played with in college, um, some of the NFL pro games and things like that. Uh, is, it, is it Mike Evans, uh, your buddy that's with the yeah, Bucks? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, sir. That's one game that I, I have to watch just about every week. <laughs> Got to support my 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 little brother. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> so what did he? What did? You know, what was Mike five. Evans? <laughs> <laughs> what was Mike Evans' reaction? several months ago now when they got Tom Brady. Oh, man, he was excited, man. Because uh, we trained together pretty much every offseason, so he was excited and ecstatic about it, man. And I was probably just about excited for him because I knew this year, this season would be a great season for him. Um, and if you didn't know, he just broke the record for the first receiver to have 7,000-yard receiving seasons in a row starting from your rookie year. So, um He's a goat and a legend in my book, so I always root for him and just looking for him to continue to, with his success. And I always enjoy watching him, always. Uh, well, so obviously you're going to be watching that one tomorrow night. That's Tampa Bay and Washington. I mean, the Bucks are favored. Uh, what concerns you about Washington, though? I know they got some good defensive players, or do you think Tampa Bay is just oh, too, too much? They, they got some good defensive players, man. They, they, the, the young D-Lama they have, He's, he's special. <laughs> and he's been causing damage and havoc all year. All year. That's Chase Young, right? Yeah, Chase Young. He's he's, he's pretty good. And I have I actually have a teammate that I play with uh at AM who's over there as well. He's on he's a defender. Uh he's a DB. He's uh the Shades of Everett twenty two. So um uh, rooting for both sides in a sense. I'm, I'm supporting both of them. Um because uh, obviously I played with him, so I got a lot of love for both, and I'm wishing both of them the best. Did Did you follow Alex Singleton at all, the former Stampeder that yeah, went he, and played for the Eagles? He had, he had a great season, 100-plus tackles this year. I think he out top of everyone by like 40-something tackles. I kept up with him. I kept up with his stats because it was, it was beautiful to see. It really was. Well, and I mean, CFL guys are, are are good. I mean, you know, you got looks in the NFL. Singleton had a big big year. Uh, Chris Streveler played for Arizona. I don't know if you saw Boomer Esiason, the commentator, took a shot at the CFL after Streveler threw an interception. A lot of people were mad about that north of the border, no, I Darrell. Didn't, I, didn't. <laughs> I didn't hear about that. Uh, I did see Deontay Spencer return a, a punt return. Was it a punt return or a kick return? One of them. But... Uh, I did not hear about that. I did not hear about that at all. The only thing I had saw about Strebler was him getting the Russian touchdown or the, the handoff or something like that he had. Yeah, he was not too much interesting opportunity for, for him because he was kind of Winnipeg's backup by, by the end of the year, the year the one they, they won the Great Cup. Darrell Walker joining us tonight on right. Inside Sports. So what's the, what's the, I mean, it's travel is tough right now. Do you just kind of, wait or do you have a date when you would like to be preferably in Edmonton what's next for you uh I really don't know um what is our schedule as far as returning back and things like that um that's still up in the air and still have to wait for certain things to fall in place to to know what's certain um but 
as far as that goes, uh, I don't I don't really have the date in which I would want to return yet. I still got a lot of things I have to do throughout the off season. Definitely uh, getting in shape is a p- the biggest part of that. Um, but uh, for the most part, just as soon as I can, honestly, whenever everything is clear and I get the green light to get everything situated up there. All right, I got one more for you. Another fan texted in on the text line here, Darrell. And uh, this person says, my favorite Darrell Walker moment was when he got the long bomb touchdown from Mike Riley in the 2015 West Final. When he made that catch, I knew we were going to win and we were going to the Grey Cup. Can you ask Darrell if he has a favorite touchdown from the green and gold? I mean, you got about 40 of them or so, so I don't know if you can remember (laughs) one. (laughs) Man, honestly, I think one of my favorite is we played the BC game, and I can't remember the score exactly, but we was trailing, and I went up and caught a, uh, a nice deep ball over a defender um, in the end zone going towards, away from the locker room. Um, it was 2015 also was my rookie year. It was my rookie year. I can't remember the exact point in the game, but that, that, that catch put us back in it to to win it so it was a, it was a, one of my most memorable catches and i'm thankful for it but that that post that he's mentioning that's that's up there very highly also it was it was very smooth and one hell of a throw by mike <laughs> yeah that was a great play i remember commonwealth was going crazy when you got that one well Darrell, thanks for making time for us. It's 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 so cool you're coming back to the Double E football team. It's great to have you on Inside Sports again. I know we'll be talking throughout the season, and uh, David Morley will be bugging you at practice every day, I'm sure, <laughs> too. So really appreciate it, man. Thanks for your time. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Excellent stuff. That is Darrell Walker. So, uh, man, I, uh, I woke up this morning, checked my phone, and uh, the press release has been sent out by the double E football team. I mean, started with the Eskimos as they were known at the time in 2015 started on, remember he started on the practice roster and then he came in in week eight against Montreal first game, 10 receptions, 125 yards. (laughs) He played 12 games and got a rookie record, 89 receptions and had over 1100 yards in two thirds of a season. And uh, he was CFL Rookie of the Year, helped them win the Grey Cup and just uh, outstanding stats every year with Toronto in 2019. And now he's coming back. It is 720. It's Inside Sports. That was great to have Darrell Walker on the show, man. We've had some good guests for you tonight. Alex Chase on and Ethan Bear. We're on live together in the first half hour of the show. Darrell Walker back with the green and gold on a one-year deal. And Brandon Zilstra, former member of the Double E football team, now with the Carolina Panthers. So their season just wrapped up on uh, Sunday. Tough year for the Panthers, but uh, we'll see how Zilstra got through it. He scored a touchdown for the first time in his career. He mostly plays on special teams. I want to ask him too how he uh, budgets his practice time because he has to do some work as a receiver too. Uh, mentioned earlier, one of the stories today, one of the all-time greats in Major League Baseball, Tommy Lasorda, former Dodgers manager, has passed away. God has been good to me. Tommy Lasorda was a Los Angeles icon, a symbol of the city. As manager leading the Dodgers to 1,599 wins and two World Series titles. I'm just 
an ordinary guy. He was manager from 1976 to 1996. At 93 years old, he was in the stands to see the team win the 2020 World Series against the Tampa Bay Rays. The Dodgers are the champions of 2020. Lasorda was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1997, and he remained as a special advisor to the Dodgers. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. All right, can also tell you that uh, Toronto Raptors guard Kyle Lowry is going to sit out tonight's game against Sacramento with the team citing personal regions, reasons on the pregame injury report. Lowry uh, was hit in the face during the fourth quarter against the Suns uh, on Wednesday while trying to defend DeAndre Ayton. He stayed down for a minute, came back to the game, finished with uh, 24 points. Coach Nick Nurse said in his pregame media availability that he found out after Wednesday's game that Lowry would not be available for tonight. He didn't elaborate any further. Lowry, third on the team in scoring first in assists so far this season. Raptors are obviously off to a bit of a tough start. A little more on the, on the double E football team. They still have to sign several pending free agents. Brock Sunderland was talking to Morley Scott, and Sunderland admitted it's going to be difficult to make everyone happy. Yeah, conversations are ongoing and, you know, we're, we're getting closer to February, but we're still over a month away. So we've, we've done a lot of heavy lifting already, certainly some key cogs out there. And the reality is every year in free agency, you don't get everybody back that you want. And this year with how different things are, um, you know, the truth is we're not going to get everybody back, you know, whether that's a big name player or some other players aren't as, as big a names. Uh, we're trying to get everyone we can. Uh, the reality in free agency is you never do. So conversations are ongoing, and uh, we're, we're doing the best we can with everybody. Some of the uh, pending free agents for the Double E offensive lineman Matt O'Donnell, receiver Greg Allingson. I, I'm sure you've seen a lot of speculation that he's going to be moving on now that uh, Darrell Walker signed, and uh, longtime defensive lineman Elmondo Sewell. I wonder if he might have played his uh, last games in green and gold as well. That's an interesting name to follow here as we move towards CFL free agency. Seven twenty-five. Oilers season starts soon, baby. Uh, they had their uh, second scrimmage today at training camp. I mentioned earlier, Connor McDavid scored twice. Tyler Ennis scored a pretty nice goal as well. He uh, walked around, well, kind of three or four guys, kind of was a bit of a solo rush. He, I think at one point he mishandled the puck, but then the defenseman missed it as well, so he was able to swipe the puck back and get in on goal and score a pretty nice one. Uh, Kyle Turris got a goal today. Seth Griffith. Got a goal. Now, Seth Griffith also scored yesterday. Yesterday, he was set up by Dominic Cahoon on a cross-ice pass, and he went top shelf on Koskinen. Today, it was just a goal mouth scramble, and as he was falling down, he was able to nudge the puck over the goal line. He might be a bit of an interesting guy to watch. He's only played 79 NHL games. He is 28, just turned 28. Uh, but this could be a potential depth guy for Edmonton. You wonder if a player like that might stay on the taxi squad. He uh, did spend his most recently, he was with the Manitoba Moose in the AHL, the Jets affiliate. He hasn't played in the NHL since he was with Buffalo in 17-18, but he signed a two-year, two-way contract with the Oilers back on October 9th. And I have to admit, I have noticed him in camp. I mean, you get a goal each game, you're going to be noticed. He seems to be going right to the right spots and be fairly intelligent. So, I mean, certainly a depth guy. He's not going to jump in and play high up in the lineup. But with the taxi squad and with likely needing a lot of players because of the condensed schedule, remember the name Seth Griffith. I know you remember the name Brandon Zilstra because he led the CFL in receiving while he was a member of the Double E football team. 
just recently finished his third year in the NFL. We will visit with him when we get back to Inside Sports. And Riley takes the snap, second and ten. Waits, steps up into the pocket. He throws to the back of the end zone. There it is! Touchdown, Brandon Zilstra. Takes the first pie out of the oven. All right, well, there's a bit of a throwback, and Brandon Zilstra has spent the last three years in the National Football League, and he was on some highlight reels a couple of weeks ago because he got a touchdown. And I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports from the Carolina Panthers of the National Football League, Brandon Zilstra. Brandon, how are you doing? Uh, doing well. How you been? I've been very well. It's nice to have you on the show again. Of course, we spoke several times when you were playing for the double E football team, and now you've gone on to spend three years in the NFL. And hey, I got to start here. You got a touchdown a couple weeks ago. Tell, tell everybody about the play. Tell us what you saw in the field and, and how it played out. Yeah, that was a long time coming. Um, yeah, so just a pump play. Um, since because we've ran so many fakes this year and you know i've i've been on the receiving end of one of them um kind of after i think we ran four fakes this year so it was after that last fake teams started playing us a little bit different um where i would have people somebody like kind of rush the outside and then have somebody play over top but with that being said um i really didn't have to block towards the end of the year which is super nice um so that, that just allowed me to get out faster. And so that's kind of what happened on that play is they didn't really rush my end. They're kind of playing like safe over top of me. So the Gunners got down there, made a great play, made a hit on the returner. Um, and I saw it just squirt out to the end zone. And I, I kind of like sl slightly peeked left and right. And I knew that I was like closest one there. So I was like, that's definitely my ball. And so the thing I was really thinking, you know, when I saw it sitting in the end zone is you cannot kick this out of bounds. You've seen that too many times. So I started to lean and slide just a little bit early and, uh, you know, I finally executed it. Like I said, it was a long time coming. I expected my first touchdown always to be receiving. Um, coming to the NFL, did not expect it to come off, you know, a muff punt, but they're, they're hard to come by in the NFL, so I'll take it however I can get it. D did you keep the football? <laughs> yeah. So right away, I as, as soon as I scored, I got up and started looking around. I didn't know if we had uh, any kind of penalties or something like that. So I, I actually got up, ran, and looked and looked at the ref. He called a touchdown, and then somebody behind me was just like, you better spike that thing. And so I just threw it at the ground as hard as I could. And then our uh, long snapper, if you ever, if you play back the video, you can watch him. He's running around ch chasing it down. He came up to me afterward and was just like, Brandon, we only had three uh, kicking balls for the game. So he said, I was just hoping you didn't keep that or like throw it in the stands or anything. He said, as soon as you spike that, I went chasing it down. And uh, he's like, I'll make sure you get it. I'll, I'll put it back in your locker when we get back to Charlotte. So, you know, he, he was looking out for me. And when I came back, he was sitting there waiting. Well, that's cool. Well, and you're right. They have those, what do they call them, the K balls in the NFL? They all got the, the K written on them for each team? Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you got it. And I, and I was watching the replay here this afternoon, and it, it, it did seem like a bit of a delayed reaction from everybody. I know your teammates eventually started celebrating with you, but it did seem there was kind of that moment like, 
everybody was thinking like, okay, wait a minute, was that a live ball? Did that, was he in bounds? Did that actually just happen? <laughs> well, that's just kind of the thing with our team is, you know, our, our special teams unit, unit, especially our gunners, we, we play super aggressive. So we're not afraid to go take shots on the returner. And, you know, a few times this year, we've had, we've had some penalties called against us. And I just didn't want to be the guy that got up and celebrated too early. And so that's why I got up and, you know, started looking around. And then when it, when it was finally confirmed, you can see, if you watch that video, like there's, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Like there's like three different little dance parties going on and some people throwing up their hands, some people trying to take pictures. Like it was, it was kind of a chaotic mess. Well, I, I know a lot of people uh, here at Edmonton and Double E fans were really happy for you. So that was a, a, a cool moment for sure. T tell me a little bit about uh, the season there. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to be in the playoffs. It, it didn't work out for you guys. And, uh, you know, I would call it a pretty significant change when someone like Cam Newton leaves and, and you have an adjustment at, at quarterback. So what was it sort of uh, like for the for the Panthers this season? Uh, so that's something we kind of we kind of talked about this year is, you know, like things couldn't have been harder on us. You know, not trying to make excuses for ourselves or anything, but like, um, you know, with all the COVID, all the protocols going on, um, you know, and a completely new coaching staff, like you said, new quarterbacks, um, new free agents coming in and stuff, no OTAs to get the new playbook set in place. Like there was just a lot kind of against us this year. And uh, so that, that, was, that was kind of our, you know, our theme is just kind of fight through it and figure it out, figure it out as we go. Cause you know, we're all learning together. You know, things things can change at any time. So um, one of our themes this year was just kind of figuring it out and just play it as it comes. Uh, we, I felt like we were super competitive with a lot of teams. Um, this team had a lot of grit, a lot of effort, a lot of fight in them. Um, I couldn't tell you how many games we lost by, you know, or where we at least had a chance, you know, on the final drive or something like that and just didn't quite pull it through. But we still ended up with five wins. Obviously, none of us were happy enough, but we know that, we're we're on the brink right now. Like I said, we I can't tell you how many games that we had with, that had to be within seven or eight points. That I feel like it had to be, you know, at least eight of our losses. I felt like every week was kind of the kind of like the same story where we were getting there, giving ourselves a chance, and then just quite couldn't quite put it through. Um, but I think I think our team grew a lot this year. Um, we played a lot of young guys, so a lot of young guys are going to be coming back with experience. Um, just a lot more confidence going into the second year. So I'm, I'm excited for us to build off of what we uh, established this year. Brandon Zilstra joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He spent the last three years in the NFL, first with Minnesota, last two with the Panthers, and, of course, he played here for the AA football team. How did you find... Um, you know the adjustment going uh, going CFL to NFL. Did you like? Did you notice a huge uh, shock to the system, or or how was that like for you when you first uh, got going with the Vikings? Um, so right away, the, the biggest thing that I noticed was field size. Um, when I, when I was up in the CFL, there was just so much room and so much space to go do stuff. And then what I kind of made, you know, what, what worked for me up in the CFL was kind of the yards after catch. Um, I remember that was my goal going into the year was to lead the league in receiving um, for yards after catch. And I feel like I was able to do that with just how much space was on the field. And I just like, you know, as I learned the game, I learned, learned to utilize the waggle and how to how to really take advantage of all the space that's given um, on the field. And so then coming down back into the NFL, coming down south, um, you know, the field's just much more condensed. And I just felt like people are just in your face so much faster. Uh, it was harder to create separation. Guys were a little bit more handsy um, in the NFL. And so that, I would say that was kind of one of my biggest adjustments is just adjusting to the tight windows again, um, probably more contested.
catches, um, just less separation overall. Definitely say that was that was one of the biggest things for me. Um, I, and I didn't think it was going to affect me as much as it did, but you know, just being out of it for two years, being out of like the the game that I that I grew up with, um, and just having so much set success uh, up north, trying to readjust that did did take a minute for me. Um, I do feel comfortable again. Um, I feel like I'm ready to play. I feel like I'm ready to contribute. You know, I'm just, just just being as patient as I can, waiting for this next opportunity to come. I'm wondering how you have your time budgeted at practice because you're talking about you're playing the special teams, yet you're also a receiver as well. So how many reps at receiver will you get? Will you will you kind of have to split your times with uh, with the offense and special teams? I'm wondering how it breaks down for you. Yeah, I guess for the most part, um, I would say you know 80% of the special teams, 80% of the special teams reps were taken in practice. I'm taking them. Um, a few times that they'll they'll pull me out because you know I ended up starting on all four um, special teams phases. They pull me out every once in a while just to make sure other guys were comfortable. Um, so if something were to happen that in the game they you know won't be their first time being out there, so I get subs- substituted in a little bit. Um, but as far as offense, I mean, injuries, COVID, you know, we kind of dealt with it all this year. So some weeks I'd take you know dang near every rep, and then there's some weeks that I'd have probably you know 50% of the reps. Um, whether it's working with our offense or working with the scout team during the beginning of the year, I did a lot of scout team stuff. And towards the end of the year, that started to fade away a little bit. And then I started to get more into the offense. Um, so it was cool. Um, you know, I, I still enjoy doing scout team. That, that's where I feel like, you know, I, I get to go and kind of show out a little bit, um, get to do more of, you know, just the, the route tree expands for me versus what I would normally do in our offense, you know, they, they kind of have me in a certain role right now. It's just it, this year it was just kind of being one of the blocking guys, you know, being one of the bigger body receivers on our team. And then I did a lot of stuff to try to open up the defense, take the top off. So scout team is something I always look forward to because then I can go and, you know, run Devonte Adams routes or Michael Thomas's routes or, you know, Mike Evans routes. I got to expand a little bit and show what I can do um, more than just blocking or, you know, trying to take the top off. I don't know if you saw the uh, E football team news this morning. Uh, a young man by the name of Darrell Walker has returned to Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> what, do, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm excited for him. I haven't texted him yet. Uh, I've been meaning to. But that's, that's exciting uh, for him to come back to, you know, kind of what started it for him, what allowed him to take off and, you know, get the career that, you know, he has right now. I know I know E definitely has to be excited for him. You know, fan base they got there, the loyalty they have there. All right, and uh, now I know you're you are a current NFL player, so uh, well you you can answer this however you want. Uh, do you have a Super Bowl prediction? Or I mean, I know you played the Saints a couple of times. <laughs> they're uh, they're really good. I, th- I believe you played at Green Bay just before Christmas. You you played Tampa Bay, so you've seen some of the contenders. Um, you know, if 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 you're not comfortable making an actual prediction, maybe just give us a couple of keys you see in the postseason. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't thought about. You know the the postseason yet just because we're not in it i just kind of was just like yeah you know it is what it is um so this is kind of my first thoughts about it i guess um i do like the saints i think their defense is great and they have a an efficient offense you know i do know that they're dealing with a little bit of injuries on offense right now and you know COVID. i'm not sure when everybody comes back but I definitely think they're a team that can make a little push um obviously kansas city they have way too many weapons over there 
that they can they can they can throw up forty five points on the board at any given week. Um, but I, I'm definitely going to stay out of our division. Okay. Staying <laughs> NFC South. I'm not going to give Tampa it. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Buffalo Bills. Actually, uh, I like what they're doing. I like the pieces they brought in this year. You know, Stefan Diggs did his thing. I think that's this year is kind of what he's been looking for the last couple of years, um, production wise. He knew he can do that. You know, just talking with him and whatnot. Um, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen's playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, they look awesome for sure. Well, hey, Brandon, it's nice to reconnect with you. Uh, I mean, good for you here for crafting out uh, an NFL career and, and all the best down the road. I hope uh, we get to keep in touch with the future. I, I certainly see a lot of people still following your career and uh, and cheering for you, whether you're with the Panthers or, or wherever the road takes you. So thanks so much for checking in in Edmonton tonight. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. You know, the CFL was the first home for me, and you guys show me so much love and you know, I try to do everything I can for you guys, and you guys have always shown me support and stuff, so I, I definitely appreciate it. It doesn't go unnoticed. Right on. Good to hear. That is Brandon Zilstra checking in on the show, just wrapped up his third season in the NFL. He was with the Carolina Panthers for the last two, and as I mentioned, he got a touchdown. He described the play, recovered a muffed punt in the end zone against the Washington football team. He likes the Buffalo Bills. They are a great team. Are they going to go all the way? Could they eventually get by Kansas City if they play them? Some of the questions we face going into the NFL playoffs. Uh, we're ready to do this. We're ready to do this. We're going we're gonna to make our predictions, Kellen Kennedy and I, when we get back for the weekend games on Inside Sports. the play-by-play -play home of the double e football team and your edmonton oilers an extension of our ongoing broadcast agreement with the oilers announced today for three years building on already 25 years of play-by-play -play for the oilers here on 6 30 chat first game is wednesday six o'clock face-off show puck drop at eight oilers and canucks at rogers place we will have it for you jeff merrick who has been on this show several times works for Sportsnet, has tweeted out this, hearing that the Western Hockey League will be announcing a commitment to play a season consisting of a minimum of 24 games. So a story to watch there. Usually they play, uh, you know, right around, uh, well, I guess they've been 68, 72 in recent years. So about, a well, at least a third of that, I suppose, for the Western Hockey League. They were going to go staying within your your region so the oil kings just would have played the other teams in alberta i would imagine that would still be in place so there's something to keep an eye on over the next few days jeff merrick reporting hearing the whl will be announcing a commitment to play a season consisting of a minimum of 24 games so there you go 780-496-0063 the number to call or text well it's that uh, fun time of year we do football predictions for playoff games so we're Kellen Kennedy and I are going to predict. Going to make a column here for you, Kellen. We're going to predict the winning team mm -hmm. and the final score. Okay, just to make it make it more fun. We're not just going to predict the winner. We're also going to predict the final four. Sure. We will go in order of the game. Now, have you prepared? I gave you an hour or so to prepare. I am ready. Let's and, do this. And you you follow the NFL quite closely. I mean, I think you're uh, like me. Hockey and football I, are your two favorite sports, been, are they not? Yeah, I haven't been following it as religiously as I've had in past years this season, but, uh, you know, we're getting to the playoffs and that stuff, so I'm familiar you, you with You know stuff. I know You know things. the good teams. You know the star players. 
I, I got this. What would be your this. What would be your third favorite sport to watch? By the way, uh, so f- between football, hockey, uh, I'm a big auto racing guy. I've always been. So right. Yeah. So, so you'd be right now. It's golf for me, especially okay. the majors. I love watching golf. Yeah. Well, because you're uh, you're big into drag racing, aren't you? Yeah. So that would be number uh, at certain times of the year. It's number one for me. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, at, uh, that I'd put uh, you know drag racing as number three behind hockey okay. and football right now because obviously it's in the off season. They don't get going drag racing till March. So, okay, are you ready to go? I am. First ready. game. T- first game tomorrow, eleven a.m. Colts at Bills. Bills oh. are favored by. Mm. Oh, I'm just going off the score up here. Bills are favored by six and a half. I think uh, the Bills are too good. I think the Colts are just good enough to hang around and make it semi-interesting. Mm. I'm going to go Buffalo wins that one 38-20. Wow. <laughs> that, oh, wait, you'll have some wise oh, coming up imagine, with my picks. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go that uh, high with the score, but I'll say 28-14 uh, uh, Buffalo. 28-14 Buffalo. All right. Seattle and the Rams. Now, you and I both cheer for the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I have watched, uh, I well, I got to watch every Seahawks game this year, just with with no hockey games to cover. I, I got to watch every Seahawks game. They got a good team. I don't think they have a great team. The defense got better as the season went on. Mm-hmm. I do think they're better than the Rams. Uh, and I, I believe the Rams are still going with their backup quarterback. Having said that, the Seahawks, except for playing the Jets, just haven't been able to really put anybody away. And sometimes mm-hmm. they got to come from behind to win. So I'm going to take the Seahawks, but it seems all their games come down to the last two or three minutes. I will take the Seahawks 27-20. So, Reed, this will be my blowout on the, uh, on the schedule here just because I'm a very confident Seahawks fan. I think that they'll get it together for this playoff run. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks. Let's give them 24-3 to the final. Oh, big defensive effort. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they held the Rams, uh, was it to nine points when they played them a few weeks ago? Yeah. So maybe they can do yeah. that again. Okay, the game we were talking about with Darrell Walker because his buddy Mike Evans plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Bucks at Washington football team. Bucks are pretty heavily favored by eight. So Washington was able to win the weak NFC East. They do have a decent defense. I don't think it'll be enough. I'm going Tampa Bay 27-14. I am going Washington 17-14. Oh, wow. All right. Mm-hmm. Kellen's taking the Washington football team to upset the Brady Bunch, the new Brady Bunch. Yes. We shift to Sunday's games, a rematch of a game from last year. Baltimore favored on the road against Tennessee by three and a half points. Uh, some star players in this game. You got Lamar Jackson, the quarterback for the Ravens. Very exciting. You got the outstanding running back, Derrick Henry, for the Titans. He is uh, over 2,000 yards in the regular season. I think the Titans win it at home and eliminate the Ravens for the second straight year. I think this is a tight one. I think this is a hard-hitting one. I got Tennessee 23-20. Okay, uh, I'll take Baltimore just to disagree with you here, and I'll say, uh, let's, let's go, uh, twenty to twenty to twelve for Baltimore. I feel like you just didn't care about that game. And didn't I didn't care at all. But I, yeah, did now, you forget now, about that game? Yeah, I, I totally did actually. <laughs> 
what's going on. But but yeah, so I'll, 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 but I'll take Baltimore just to disagree with you. All right. And the score means nothing. I'm just throwing the score out there. So. <laughs> Bears at Saints. Ooh, Saints are good. favored by nine and a half. Here's my prediction. I'm taking the Saints 45 to nothing. Oh, wow. I'm taking the Saints 45 nothing over the Bears. That's my prediction. Usually I have the Wildcat predictions, but anyway, uh, man, um, I, I don't think it'll be that separate in, or, you know, the, the differential will be that wide, I should say. Uh, I'll take the Saints in that one, but we'll go more traditional. I'll say 21, uh, 21-14 for the Saints. Well, okay, I, I think I think my score is going to be closer. You think the Saints are only going to score 21? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it'll be tighter than people are, are making it out to be. So. All right. And the Sunday Nighter, the Jack Michaels special. The Cleveland Browns are back in the playoffs. They get the Sunday night primetime spot yeah. against their rivals, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns are the feel-good story of the NFL season. Mm. The Steelers started the season 11-0, didn't finish great. Now, I know last week the Browns beat them. Steelers didn't play their full arsenal. But I am taking the Browns to extend their magical season by one more week. Mm -hmm. I am taking Cleveland 31-30. Okay. And I'll take, uh, I'll, I'll, just to disagree with this one, uh, I'll take Pittsburgh. It's kind of cool that both our play-by-play -play guys, their teams are going head-to-head -head this week. It's pretty cool because Morley's a Pittsburgh guy, Jack's a Browns guy. Uh, so Pittsburgh beats the Browns this week. We'll go 30-20. Ah, How's that? All right. Well, we have some good. We disagreed on uh, three games. That'll make it pretty interesting. That'll be fun. So there you go. Those are guaranteed to be correct, 100%. Are we done? Is it hobo time? There we go. There he is. The hobo is running through my heart. <laughs> Tonight, you heard from Alex Chason, Ethan Bear, Brandon Zilstra, and Darrell Walker. Get more on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Your studio producer is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.